Well, good day, everyone. I am so excited about today's session with uh, Dr. Robert Pangrazy. Uh, Bob, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks, Gary. It's a pleasure to be with you always. You know, I think it was a year or two ago, we, uh, we uh, coerced you coming to Indiana and being our keynote speaker uh, at the inaugural event that we held at Grand Park. And there you were out in the middle of a big soccer field with the grandstands uh, full. And uh, uh, ever since that time, everyone's been just scratching their head going, well, how do we get Dr. Bob back? And, and here we are today. So we're just so happy that you could spend some time with us. Oh, that, that's wonderful. I, I tell you, that was a great trip and a great crowd and the spirit was uh, second to none. And so I have nothing but great memories. Uh, a wonderful group and uh, I'm happy to be able to share again with some of them and I hope to see you all uh, soon. Very soon, hopefully. So all the books, all the research, all the teaching, all the experiences, just the, the mention of your name, everyone, you know, brings it all up. But uh, for someone who may not uh, know your your uh, your past or your contributions, can you kind of sum up uh, where you fit in the health and PE world these days? Uh, well, in in a nutshell, I, I had a I had a great career. I started out as a fifth grade teacher, and then I I taught elementary PE, and then I went to ASU, and after I finished my doctorate in taught there 32 years and then went to work with Gophers. So I've had a wonderful career. I've published uh, about 70 textbooks and, and about 400 articles. And I, so, you know, I'm a blessed guy and I'm blessed because I got to work with teachers and I love teachers. Um, I'm a teacher through and through. I have as much energy today as I did before and I love the teaching profession. Well, the great news is, and we're going to cover that today, you're not done yet. You've been, uh, <laughs> you've been cranking away here, and you got a lot of good stuff and new stuff, and that's uh, why we wanted to make sure that we uh, spent some time with you today. So first, I want to kind of, uh, you did a, a, a podcast recently, and there were some great concepts in there, and the idea that, especially in these times, that uh, maybe we need to revisit the, uh, the PE model and, and maybe look at some changes or, uh, um, or a whole new model. So, um, you know, we, we've certainly been advocating for a lifetime of physical activity for decades. And, uh, but the overriding thing is, is that most adults are inactive and sedentary. So does PE get a passing grade or a failing grade, in your opinion? Well, I'm not going to, uh, I, I'm not going to give it a grade, but I'm going to make you think. Um, I, I'm going to say to all of you out there, um, I won't pass or fail you right now, but how about this? Um, what we're doing today with sports and games oftentimes and, and for fitness, um, we learned in World War I. Uh, that's what they used to train the soldiers because they were so concerned that the soldiers were unfit. So they played sports and games. And that took a leap over into PE in the public schools. Uh, and then went up to the early 50s and it became fitness and we fitness tested kids uh, to no end. And none of that has ever moved the marker on the health of American society. Um, so I, I can say to you that in, in many ways, what we're doing today is what we started in World War I, picked up in the 50s. So, you know, we're talking 120 years. Uh, of not a lot of change in our business. So I'll let you decide on that. 
we talk about lifetime fitness, but we don't graduate students from high school geared to be active for a lifetime. And unfortunately, what we do is we teach them sports and we teach them games, but 90% of Americans do not participate in sports and games past the age of 30. So we're, we're not really educating people for the future. And I think one of the things that we've done is we've sort of made PE a, this is what you have to do, and this is what you have to do, and there's been no sell. Uh, no, you know, we want you to do this, we're going to encourage you, we're gonna give you positive experiences, and we're gonna have you leave school wanting to be active for a lifetime. So I, I would say we haven't been as successful as I would like to see us in promoting lifetime activity. So then you ask the question, well, what is lifetime activity? Well, the kind of activity that people do for a lifetime, I'll characterize that. First of all, it's non-competitive most of the time. Uh, secondly, it makes you feel good about yourself. In other words, you have this perceived competence. You say to yourself, wow, I'm pretty good at this. I take a walk every day and I'm getting in my uh, 6,000 steps and I really feel good about me. Um, it doesn't require another person because as you age, trying to get 10 people together for a nice game of basketball is unbelievable. And then let's say we want to go to football. I mean, you can't hardly get your spouse or good friend to go with you on an exercise uh, regimen. So it, it almost always has to be done alone in something you like to do. And you can't be critical at all about yourself in that. It, 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 uh, it, and, and it can't require any mental effort. So, you know, we're putting it all together now. We're saying, well, what is lifetime activity? Well, I have a sneaking hunch that we're going to have to teach lifetime activity while we're teaching virtual education, while we're teaching virtual physical education. Because when I do a lot of podcasts, one of the things I get, one of the questions uh, in my PE huddle, which I'll be doing more of in the near future, um, but, you know, we would get three, 4,000 people on and I would get a thousand questions and I'll bet you half of them were, how do I hold kids accountable? Well, if they don't like what you're giving them to do, how are you going to hold them accountable? Because you have no way of seeing them, no idea of what they're doing. So the best accountability is giving them something that they can identify with that they want to do. And I think if it's characterized by some of these lifetime activity characteristics, I think it might work. And, it, and I think that's where I see the future where we have to change is we're going to have to start teaching some PE classes where we say to kids, what is it you want to do that you could do, feel comfortable, be excited and be self-motivated. So, so Bob, let's hit on that. You know, obviously in these times, we've, uh, uh, it's not the same. You, know, you could almost say that maybe this is our new war in terms of an opportunity to do new things. And uh, um, so one of those things is uh, just spaces that are available. Uh, you know, wh whether maybe outside is going to be a more, uh, you know, a better environment, or maybe we get pushed out of the gym for other reasons. Yeah. Um, or, or the fact that uh, requirements to sanitize uh, equipment means that maybe we don't 
put as much emphasis on the equipment and those sorts of things. So those are the challenges, but you know, where do you see those opportunities to go, aha, maybe I need to rethink this in ways I never had to think about this before? Well, I think you said it nicely. I, I like the way you, you led into that. And, and I agree with, with what you said. I think it is a time for a challenge and, and it is a time for us to find some changes. Um, I, I think all of those things make sense. Um, probably less emphasis on skill development, less emphasis on fitness. Um, fitness is something, you know, that people have really never bought into. Uh, I'm talking about the masses. Okay, mm -hmm. there's always been a finite group that have bought into fitness and they go to fitness clubs. Um, but again, 90% of the population doesn't do that. So um, what do they do? They do the kinds of things you're talking about. It's probably not centered around a piece of equipment. It's going out and moving, feeling comfortable, maybe something like yoga, something I can do that's not too demanding, but keeps me going. But I think it's a wonderful time right now to reorient it. And I, I, and I wanna say this to my physical education friends out there. You're talking to a guy who's been around long enough that he's done all those things, okay? I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I was absolutely 1000% fitness in the 60s. I mean, you could have come down, I, I worked my students out and, and I was fitness. And then I went into skill development. And then I heard SEL and then I heard this. One of the problems with our profession it's about every three to five years, we change focus. Mm. And, and I did a presentation on which I went back and showed 16 different focuses that we changed as we went to movement exploration and emphasis on creativity. And then we went over to physical literacy and then we went to fitness and then we went to skill development on and on and on and on and on. No one really knows what physical education is. You, you tell them that you teach physical education and they'll tell you, oh, well, what do you coach? Right. And I say, no, 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 I'm a physical education teacher. Well, what do you coach? Um, and, and so no one really knows what physical education is. And so I don't wanna throw out all of that. I know many of you teachers that have taught for many years are not gonna drop everything you do and go to lifetime fitness you're probably going to finish your career teaching fitness and skills, whatever you've been doing, you're probably going to finish your career that way. So I'm going to say to you, and this is one of my pleas right now, those of you that have taught 20 years or more, I don't expect by me sitting here and talking about lifetime fitness that you're going to drop everything you're doing and go down that path. No, I, I can predict with certainty that what you did yesterday is what you're going to do tomorrow. So what I am going to say to you, however, you are the doorway to the future, because if you will open the door to the young people to come in with change and allow them that you do a great job professionally so that when you retire, they say, we want to fill your job, not turn it into a math teacher's job or into an English teacher's job. We want to keep that job because you were a good professional. We may have not agreed with how you taught PE and what you taught, but we really liked you as a professional. So to you experienced teachers, I'm going to say to you, you are the door openers. You are the future of our profession. And you need to culture the young teachers coming in and give them the freedom 
to become what they want to become, just like we gave you. And if you will do that, I think the future is bright for us because I think the young people coming in know about lifetime fitness, know about short attention spans, know that you can't keep people engaged for long periods of time. So you've got to be a teacher who changes all the time. Know that you're not gonna give up an hour uh, to focus on one area of fitness. And if you will give young people who are look at it tremendously differently than we experienced teachers do, I think the future will be there. And I'm hoping that you experienced teachers will do that. So that's my plea to you people that have been out there teaching. I'm not gonna ask you to change because the best predictor of the future is your past behavior. Sure, well, you know, and, and to be fair, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but uh, Education as an environment uh, from the top down uh, in the culture is really one that kind of resists change in a lot of ways that, uh, that because it's risky, it's unknown. We don't know how it's going, it's messy. It's all those sorts of things. So th there's kind of an environment in many places where people are kind of going, well, you know what? I kind of, I agree, but I'm not sure that the risk reward, I'm gonna feel that out there. But today, Look at where we are. A lot of help PE teachers would have said, I am not going anywhere near online. And then one day everyone woke up online. So, you know, it, it's an opportunity. It's not perfect and I understand that, but it's also an opportunity to say, hey, change is put upon us sometimes, you know, and, and sometimes I can put it myself upon the change or at least recognize that opportunity. So, you know, maybe I, I'm going to, I'm going to cut to that on that online example there, because I know you got a lot of resources and I want to make sure we get to that. You know, I know you and, and a whole team of folks uh, did a great thing, active home challenge. It was all over social media and, and that sort of thing. It was short, uh, uh, very accessible, very adaptable, all those sorts of things. I thought it was great. C can you explain what that was as kind of a, uh, a change that, uh, that turned out not to be that scary. Yeah, no, you know, actually, I must say I learned a lot and I changed a lot. Um, I realized, uh, I learned a lot about online teaching. First of all, that it's, it's a lot of hard work and it's not easier. You know, it sounds pretty cool. I'm gonna stay at home all the time. I don't have to drive to work. I don't have to do this. Isn't this gonna be great? Well, it's not great. It, it takes a lot of hard work. The evidence is pretty clear with online teaching. You can teach about half of what you can teach when you're in front of kids. So one of the things we need to learn is to gear our instruction. We, we sent home way too much for kids to do early on. Uh, and we thought we could, we could do all that. So I learned a lot about online teaching and I learned it had to be in short spurts. It had to be a little at a time and then it had to be time for kids to, to kick back and forth with you. And one of the things I wanna say about online learning, if you're really going to do virtual learning, then about 50% of it is gonna be social interaction and 50% is going to be content. In other words, if you can't pull your kids together and have a time to smile at them and kid them and have them talk to each other and have a few minutes where you break in, you're not gonna do well in virtual education because the evidence is clear that their attention, kids' attention span virtually 
is about the same as their age. So if they're 10 years old, if you get 10 minutes out of a kid, you've done amazing. So what you really want to do is have three to five minutes of activity with them or instruction with them, depending on what you're doing. And then you're going to space that with time to interact with them. And it's the interaction thing that they're missing big time. And right. where I think we really failed coming down the stretch because we didn't know how to do it. And we thought we were wasting time if we took time to interact. So all these little things we did on Gopher were short little bursts of here's a challenge. Here's something you can do. Um, and they were very quick, very active, little games they could do, things they could do fitness wise. And then they could go on to another one. The, other, the only other thing I'll tell you about virtual education, it's not as simple as, okay, I think I'll video my lesson and just put it up for the week. <laughs> you like going to the same movie day after day after day after day? Okay, do I need to say any more? Right. You know, it plays once. And, and the second time, you know it already, it's not nearly as exciting when you can predict everything that's coming. So. If you're going to use the video route, then you have to change it regularly and it has to be in short spurts and you interject it with other things. You can come back to it, but not the next day. Great. So the, the, that uh, home activity challenge, uh, there's a resource down below uh, where you can access that. Uh, but let me go to another resource here, one that you're kind of famous for, the, uh, the PE ASAP curriculum, free curriculum available to uh, all teachers. How does, you know, uh, well, in case a teacher doesn't know about that, what is it, of course, but then in this new world, how is that still applicable? Yeah, I think it's more applicable now than ever. In fact, I was just talking to uh, my wife, Deb, who's a supervisor of about 80 elementary PE teachers, and we were just talking about how she's going to adopt it and adapt it. And, and, and that's the whole thing about ASAP. First of all, it's it's my entire curriculum for uh, grades K through eight. And it's put up there with videos that show you how to do it. There's over 150 assessment instruments so that when your uh, supervisor asks you to uh, assess your students, you've got instruments built into it. And then there are a lot of activities that we've listed in, in uh, blogs and everything else that can be done at home uh, individually. So you can pull and pick and choose from ASAP. All the activities are written in progression from easy to hard. So you've got safety built into it um, and liability built into it. You're using something on paper. You know, sometimes we've got to be a little careful what we send home because, sure. you know, you have them lift weights at home and you don't know anything about safety, et cetera, that's going on there. You've got to use some judgment there. So ASAP has an entire year of curriculum and you just go in there and pick it out. I, I guess while I'm on that, I might talk about a new program we we're uh, doing at Gopher that'll be breaking uh, in late July. It's called My PE Pack. And we think a lot of kids are gonna need equipment at home. And so we've put together packs for kids depending on what the emphasis of the program is. We have a sports pack, we have a, um, a movement and games pack, we have a fitness pack, and we have a bunch of packs that come with a backpack, 
gophers priced them extremely uh, competitive, uh, so they aren't that expensive. And you know, it, we think it can be a class fee that kids can take home. And then with that, we've put together, I put together a bunch of activities for each of the pieces of equipment. So it's conceivable that with the, you buy a pack, you're gonna have 10 units there that gonna take you through the first part of the year with equipment at home and you don't have to worry about disinfecting it and that sort of thing, it'll be the kid's own. So that's another thing that Gopher's doing. Um, that I think is very going to be very helpful for teachers in the fall. Excellent. So um, with, with all that stuff going on, um, you've mentioned social, emotional learning, mental health a few times. And uh, I know that uh, you've been working in partnership uh, with the Health Moves Minds program, Shape America. In Shape is uh, uh, leading with that program as well. And uh, obviously it's great, not only for the uh, activities and the lessons there, uh, but also in this new world where we may be uh, acquiring uh, equipment in a different way for a different use, there's a funding source for that as well. So, um, which is optional, of course, but can you kind of talk about uh, where you see Health Moves Minds and social emotional learning coming together? Well, you know, one of the kids really need social emotional learning right now. And, and I, I just did a podcast that, that's going to be up soon on taking care of yourself to take care of others. And teachers need to take care of themselves first so they can do a better job of taking care of kids because kids really are going to need some support. I mean, this is getting long and hard for them. So the, the social emotional learning and health moves minds is an important thing that Gophers, uh, uh, plays a, a, a big role in and we're happy to be a part of that but uh, that's a great funding source I mean and, and you can pick any social emotional area and go down it and and talk about being a better person and and sharing things and getting ideas up I mean it's so flexible that I think you can go in just about any direction and so we're excited about that um, and and I think that you know uh, there are just so many places out there right now willing to fund you for equipment and things to t have kids take home and have at home. So uh, if health moves mind isn't the way you see going, I mean, maybe it's the NFL uh, package that sure. you can do. There are just a lot of funding sources right now while people are trying to help. So, and, and, and I'm going to remind teachers over and over and over, Gary, if they don't ask, they're never going to get. And teachers are such good people and so willing to please and go along with things that they don't ask for things. And it all goes to the academic side. But right now I could make an argument that the social emotional side may be even more important than the academic side. We've got to get these kids feet on the ground and get them feeling good about themselves. So you teachers, don't be shy about asking. You have it coming. And, and I always say, don't ask once, please. <laughs> we know that it takes at least seven times to say something to somebody before they'll even start to consider it. So keep going back to the well. Well, you know, everyone's been, we've been talking for years about self-care, where you started this uh, part of the conversation about teachers, you know, putting on your mask for, first and that sort of thing. And probably one of the best lines I just heard was, self-care, I don't have time for that, you know, which, <laughs> you know, that's exactly the thing. So sometimes I think we have to tell people seven times 
to make sure you take care of yourself first uh, because Amen. Uh, social emotional learning is going to be just as important for the educators and the staff in the school as it is for the kids. Uh, we've all been under the same conditions and uh, we've all felt those pressures. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that uh, uh, message as well. Well, well, Bob, before we get too far in our time here, um, I, you know, we've covered a lot of resources and all those are going to be available below uh, for people to link and, and download and uh, uh, research them and, and your contact information is going to be there. But are there any resources or other areas that, uh, uh, especially in this new backdrop and going into our new school year that you'd, uh, you'd point our teachers to? Well, I, I think, first of all, the, I think the, the PE huddles are good, and, and you named ASAP, and I'm going to be doing a couple of PE huddles on ASAP and how to break it down and use it for the fall. So those will be coming out in the next couple of weeks uh, on Thursday at our regular time. So we'll do that. Um, the only other thing I would tell you is immerse yourself in online learning. There's there's lots to learn there. And and if you practice and if you take it serious and if you learn to communicate and get over your fear of the mic and fear of Zoom and all that sort of thing and realize that what can go wrong will go wrong, don't get excited about it. Just go back and pick up the pieces and go again. I mean, you know, I, I've started a million Zoom things and, and they start right off and everything goes great and you feel so good about yourself and then on the 11th one down it goes. and it doesn't work right, but that's just the nature of the game. And, and secondly, then remember novelty is huge. And I'll try to uh, share with Gary a few of the things I've learned about online learning and, and that you can post with that, Gary. But I, I, I think, you know, you've done a nice job of, of taking down uh, some of the things uh, you wanted to cover. So it, it's always great chatting with you. Well, great. Uh, really want to thank you for your time today. And uh, uh, we just a couple housekeeping things before we go. Uh, one is you'll see uh, shareable quotes right below here. So feel free to copy and paste those and put them in social media and share your own thoughts or create your own uh, tweets uh, uh, related to this uh, conversation. Let's keep that going and share with uh, uh, your colleagues and in your professional learning network. Uh, at the very bottom of this page, you'll see a link for feedback and uh, uh, PGP points, so you can get a certificate of participation for your licensure uh, um, uh, requirements. And uh, if you fill one of those out, whether it's for the feedback and or the certificate, it's all in one form there. Uh, Bob is donating today some gift cards from Gopher. So uh, basically anyone that fills out a feedback session here uh, will be entered automatically. And uh, uh, so we definitely uh, make sure you uh, leave your uh, email and name so we can get back with you and, and uh, uh, get those recipients to you there. So uh, those are the big things there. If you have any questions, uh, as I said, Bob's contact information is there. Uh, just uh, really want to say thank you today uh, for uh, spending time with us and being a part of the uh, InShape uh, Professional Learning Institute this year. Thanks so much, Bob. Well, thank you, Gary, and thank you, teachers, for what you do. You guys are my heroes. I appreciate you. You are the fabric of our society. This country is what it is when teachers do a great job. So thank you so, all so much, and thank you, Gary. Appreciate it.